Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little, and I'm here today with the 60th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. And today I have a fun hand for you versus Daniel Negreanu, who is obviously a very amazing poker player. This is from a $25,000 buying event that I played at the Poker Stars Caribbean Adventure. And we are, I believe, nearing getting in the money. So we're not quite there yet. Um, if you take a look at our stack sizes, I have 175,000, and Daniel Negreanu, Real Kid Poker on Twitter, um, has 300,000. And I believe to get in the money, the average stack was going to be roughly 300,000. So I don't know the other player's stacks at this point, but I imagine we are nearing the money bubble. So because of that, I'm not trying to play a gigantic pot. I'm more so just trying to slowly chip up without doing anything too ridiculous. So the blinds are 2,500, 5,000, and I have 180,000 chips to start this hand. And I'm dealt Ace of Hearts, Nine of Clubs in the big blind. So not a great hand, but certainly acceptable. So it folds around to Daniel in the hijack seat, and he raises to 11,500, which is slightly more than a min raise. Um, he makes this bet size all the time, so there's certainly nothing to read into there. Um, you'll find that all good players raise to the same amount preflop with pretty much their entire range although some players completely mix it up every time but the vast majority of players just do the same thing every time to make um make it very difficult to play against them so with ace nine offsuit and everyone folds around to me i think i need to call this um ace nine is not a great hand but at the same time i think it's a little bit too strong to re-raise as a bluff i would consider re-raising hand like ace two offsuit as a bluff perhaps but even then, I think calling with that's probably a little bit better. You have to realize, whenever you're getting such amazing pot odds, it's really not a great idea to, to fold the big blind too often, even when you are against a world-class poker player like Negreanu. I guess I should mention a little bit of our history. Um, I haven't played with Daniel a ton, but he knows who I am. I know who he is. Um, we did play very deep in a Foxwoods World Poker Tour event that I ended up winning, I believe in... I don't know when it was. <laughs> a while back. And in that tournament i remember playing really aggressive versus him that's because he was on my right and he was opening way too many pots and i was three betting and four betting pretty pretty much every time he opened the pot and that's was a combination of bluffs and value betting hands um so that's really our main experience we've played a few other times and i think he views me as somewhat tight aggressive and not someone who's going to get too far out of line but certainly knows that i'm capable of mixing it up i imagine it's important to always try to think about what your opponents think about you and if you only play with someone for one day, obviously that's all they have to go off of. But if you play with someone on a regular basis, or even maybe three or four times per year, that sort of history does matter, and it is very relevant. I think he probably initially thought I was just blatantly crazy from our Foxwoods experience, but since then we've played a decent amount, mainly at the Poker Stars Caribbean Adventure. And he probably thinks I've mellowed out a bit. <laughs> I've mellowed out in my old age. So I decided to call the Ace-9 offsuit. Pretty standard stuff. The pot is 30,000 chips. We have 170,000 yet to bet. And the flop comes ace, eight, three, two spades. I have no spades. I check this board. This is the spot where I'm checking every time. If I bet, maybe we can get Daniel to do something ridiculous. But I really don't view him as the type of guy who's running too many bluffs either. I think Daniel's strategy is really what he outlines in one of his books. I can't remember the title off the top of my head, but... It's to play small ball poker. It's it's to not get too out of line, not to risk huge amounts of chips. Just catch your opponent's bluffs and induce them to do silly things. And if I lead into him, the best I can hope for is for him to call down two or three times with a hand like an eight. 
and uh, maybe I get more action whenever he has an ace if I lead, but I think my hand's a little bit too weak to lead. I think it's too easy for him to actually have a, a better hand than mine. Notice I lose to ace three and ace eight, as well as ace ten, jack, and queen. I also lose to the sets, and if he has a draw, he's going to call or raise and also put me in a tricky spot. So I think leading is a pretty bad idea in general, and I definitely think this is not a scenario for it. Um, so I check. If he bets, I think I need to check call. He does bet 15,000, so a half pot bet. This is roughly the size he's going to make with all of his bets on this board. I think I personally prefer a little bit of a smaller bet in this scenario with my whole range, because if you bet smaller, you save money whenever you happen to be beat. Like, no one's ever folding an eight or an ace in this scenario, so if I'm sitting here bluffing with six five of clubs, for example... I want to bet as small as possible while still getting my opponents to fold out stuff like king highs and queen highs and whatnot. So I think I bet a little bit smaller, probably 12,000 or 11,000 in his shoes, but 15,000 is fine. I think you really do not want to be betting much larger unless you think that's going to make your opponent play blatantly straightforward. And you can never count on players in a $25,000 event playing blatantly straightforward, even if you do bet big. So I like a small bet in this spot from him. And like I said, I'm just check-calling. There's no point in check-raising to protect versus a flush draw or to try to get value from a worse ace. I think if I check-raise, it's probably going to call with mostly hands that are better than mine or draws. And obviously that's not a good thing for me with ace-9. So the turn's a queen, which doesn't really change anything. I mean, it really just changes completely nothing because I lost to ace-queen already. He probably doesn't have queen-8 or queen-3. And he can have pocket queens, but that's about it. So this is about as big of a blank as it could possibly be. So I check turn. I plan on check calling again. And at this point, I'm probably going to call the turn and then just call the river every time. I'm not loving it, but I think the board at this point is, is so dry to the point where I think I have to check call the turn. And then if the river something like a king or a jack or a 10, I could see check folding the river if he bet the turn. Um, but I'm probably going to call on all the lower cards. Um, when it goes check check, though, at this point, I'm not going to play my hand in a manner that leads to me folding it too often. Uh, I'm really thinking I have the best hand a lot of the time at this point. Although, especially nearing the money bubble, Daniel should probably be checking behind with hands like Ace-Jack and Ace-10. And uh, I think that'd be a pretty a pretty reasonable play. So I don't think I have the best hand every time, but I'm certainly happy enough with my hand. He's going to have a bunch of king highs, a bunch of smaller pairs, a bunch of just air. So I like the jack. So the river is a three of clubs. So the, the flush draw missed... And the board is ace-8, three, queen, three. The pot is 60,000, and we have 153,000 left in our stack. So at this point, I have to decide if I want to value bet or if I want to check. And notice that Daniel's never folding an ace if I bet any amount at this point on the river. So I think betting to try to get him to fold an ace is not a good idea. Also notice we chop versus most of the aces. Um, so the real question is, will he call the queen if I bet? Or will he call with an eight if I bet? So the only hands that a queen or an eight, or maybe even king high beat, are draws. And I could certainly have some of the draws, given he bet half pot on the flop. I could have something like 5-4 and decided to float. I could have any spade draw. So I think that is a decent part of my range. The other question is, though, say Daniel does have just complete air, complete garbage. Will he ever bluff if I check? And I think that he's probably not going to bluff this river too often because it's so easy for me to have an eight or an ace that I don't think he's going to be trying to bluff if I check the river. So 
this is an interesting spot where I don't think if I bet, I'm going to get him to call very much. And I also think if I check, he's not going to bluff very much. So it's going to be hard to get any money in this pot on the river. So I really just have to figure out how much will he call with a bluff catcher. I think that's the main concern. So I have a few options. I can go very small, perhaps 12,000. I think that's going to get called a lot of the time. Although, I don't really know if Daniel's the type of player who's going to fold to a small bet, thinking that it's obviously for value. That is a good thing you want to try to find out, though, because if you know your opponent is capable of folding for 12000 then you really want to add that to your playbook for bluffs against that player. If you think he's going to... Um, so the other option is to bet something like 30000 I think 30000 is fairly standard, fairly reasonable. Maybe even like 28000 would be a little bit better. Then you could start betting larger, like 48000 to try to get him to think that you are trying to push him off of his hand. Then you could also even bet bigger, like perhaps 90000 I think 90000 would be a pretty nice bet. 90000 is an interesting bet because maybe you make him fold an ace, but also maybe you make him make a hero call with a queen or an eight. The problem is it's difficult to know what you're going to induce your opponent to do. And this is sort of like betting the very small bet. It's, it's really hard to know exactly what you're inducing from your opponent. But of course, if you know your opponent will make a hero call if you bet huge, but he'll fold if you bet 40000 or 30000 then betting huge is way, way better. So I could go either way in the spot. Uh, and I do think betting is going to be better than checking, just because I don't think Daniel's a very overly bluff-happy player. So on the river, I do decide to bet 21000 This is slightly bigger than the 12000 bet, but it's still very small. I think I should probably go even a little bit smaller than this, though. I think this is actually not a great bet size, because if I... He may view this as just sort of a standard-ish bet. Remember, he bet 15000 on the turn, right? So the bet is ramped up from that bet size. I think this is probably not ideal. I mean, I either want to bet a little bit larger, something like twenty eight or 29000 or I want to bet smaller, like fifteen or twelve. And I'm doing that to try to induce one thing or the other. And obviously, here we're trying to induce a call. So I don't really like my bet size on the river. And he tanked forever, and then he folded. And I talked to him a little while later, and he said that he had king high, and he said he was really close to looking me up. And I think if I actually bet either bigger or smaller, I think I would have had a much higher success rate in getting called. And um, for that reason, I, I don't really love my bet size. I think I should have done smaller. So that's going to be it for this week of Weekly Poker Hand. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a, rev- a review wherever you listen to it, either on iTunes or Stitcher or on YouTube. You can like the, the videos. And also, if you want to make sure that you have all the bet sizes right and you can see the videos, go check out the podcast at jonathanlittlepoker.com. I have the videos up every week. So make sure you check out my personal website for lots of free educational blogs and news about everything else I have going on to try to make you all better poker players. So thank you very much for watching. Be sure to leave a review, and I will talk to you next week.